everyone, and welcome down to big episode number 20 of the Down South Photo Show uh, with me, Brendan Waits, and my good friend down in Tasmania, down south there in Tasmania, in Hobart Town, Ken Blake. Hello, Ken. G'day, Brendan. It's all happening down here in Hobart Town. It's going off like a frog in a sock. Um, Hobart's where it's at. It is at. It's always at Hobart. There's always something going on down here, photography-wise, anyway. Well, you are in the um, photographic epicenter of the universe. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. Um, having said that, I've been watching a few episodes of our mate Photo Tripper, and he's he's in British Columbia. <laughs> Jeez, I'd like yeah. to go. Jeez, I'd like to go there. Ah, uh, yeah. That looks like a yeah. pretty special. Place. You know, it's funny though. If you if you maybe showed him some shots around Tassie, he'd probably go, mm, yeah. wouldn't mind going to Tassie. Yeah, that's true. We all we all sort of. Uh, not take for granted, but we sort of get tangled up in our own backyards. Yeah, we, we do. And yeah. you, you go, oh, isn't it nicer over there? Well, yeah. it's pretty nice where you are, actually. It's always uh, um, wanting what you can't have. A big round of applause, episode 20. Yeah. Up for us. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's got to mean something. That's, right? well, again, that's 19 more than I thought we'd ever do. <laughs> uh, episode number 20. And uh, sorry for the, the little gap in getting these... Um, mm getting these episodes out because we've uh, yeah. we, we had a little there was a bit of, a little bit of fun last week didn't we Cam it was it was very very cool we we're going to get to that going to get that in a second but um, we have just cruised on past 210 subscribers on YouTube thank you I'll and much more on Podbean I think um, 2 weeks ago we had our 1000th download via Podbean really? which is pretty cool yeah did did you tell me that I no, probably didn't 1000 downloads yeah, not the week. Not well, the week. It's not about the numbers, can. No, but I've downloaded at least two hundred of them. You've probably done the other two hundred. <laughs> yeah, I've got a big family. Yeah, well, that's awesome. <laughs> I must admit, I've been I've been getting little bits and pieces, you know, little snippets of people saying, "Hey, I listen to your show. It's really good. Love the banter between you and yeah. Brendan, and really yeah. love the topics and stuff like that." So we're getting a lot of feedback sort of filtered through, which is great. So thank you to everyone who listens. It's great. Absolutely, and yeah, no, I concur. I've been getting uh, similar kind of reactions to. The old punter coming into the shop and yeah, hey, I heard your podcast. I really liked it. Yeah, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Would they tell us if they hated it? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I know. Um, I, know episode... I know. I know. I'd go on the west coast of Tassie. It might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, let's, well, moving on. We'll see if he pop. If, if see if he pops up during. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> episode nineteen last mm. week and a half or whenever we did it when we spoke about female landscape photographers, was very well received. So thank you for everyone who yeah. gave us feedback, who listened to the podcast, who shared it around other female landscape photographers. That was yeah. awesome. And a thank, special thanks to Mika Boyton. Um, she tagged a, a hell of a lot of female photographers, uh, Australia and worldwide, and I literally was drooling for a couple of hours. I went through some of these photos, and there was a lady in Wales, I can't think of the name now off the top of my head, there were so many of them, but she did some of the most incredible, misty, sort of foresty shots, which I love. Um, so thanks, Mika, for tagging all those people in there. Uh, yeah, it was really well received, lots of female photographers to go enjoy. Um, hey, it was great. We had a great response from that, and uh, who knows? We, we still haven't worked out whether there's going to be a co-host in the next episode when I'm not here, but... We'll see what happens. Anything could anything could mm. happen. Um, we we will work on that. As always, we just sort of roll on and let it. It's organic. 
It just happens, whatever happens. Now, um, the reason why we didn't record last week was because we were due to record uh, last Thursday night. Mm. And as you can see, if you're looking on YouTube uh, or if we're in your ears or on your car stereo, that's going to be a bit hard, but car stereo. Picture picture this. (laughs) Don't the car stereo. You can run YouTube through car stereos these days. Well, you can do all kinds of stuff. If you're driving and watching at the same time, don't. Don't pull over. <laughs> pull over. Pull over and have a look at our backgrounds yes. because we both have Aurora Australis. Yay. Yeah, we do. Give it up yeah. for us. Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, we, we were so lucky because uh, I know Cam gets Aurora Australis a little bit more intensely because he's further south, but this one was a blinder. This mm. one was um, a very, very strong one. It was. Uh, would you say the strongest of the last couple of years, Cam? Yeah, I think um, out of the ones I've seen and captured, I would say uh, this is probably in the top three of intensity yep. and colour and duration. Sometimes you get like a real spark for about an hour and it just dies off and that's it. This one, uh, I know I was shooting from sunset through to, I know people down here were still out at four o'clock in the morning and it was still firing off. So uh, yeah, definitely one of the more productive ones. Um, mm. and uh, yeah, it was great and it's pretty cool that we've got our photos up side by side here because you can see the difference so I'm iPhone I mean, what we, how many how many no <laughs> that's 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 on a fed income camera that one but right. we'll talk about that in a minute um, how far north of you am I like 400 uh, k's Hobart it's about 500 I think it's yeah four, it? four to 500 Okay, it's north. Right, four to five hundred kilometers, and you can see. And, and let's pretend that our photos were done at pretty much the same time, because they wouldn't have been that far apart. No, they wouldn't be. Uh, no. And and the difference. I mean, we've both got those sort of the pinky, purpley hues going on. But if you have yeah. a look at the horizon, that's where Cam gets the green stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah, we get the good I stuff. I don't think I've ever seen the green stuff in Victoria, but uh, I yeah. stand to be corrected on that. I've seen a couple of shots actually from Mount Buffalo of green stuff. Okay. So being up high and, and a bit more, a bit more elevation, elevation, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we um, we certainly get the what we call like the ribbon, and that ribbon moves, so it doesn't stay stationary. It actually comes further and further away in in, in and out type of thing. Um, but the the shots that we were getting down where we were, so for people that are looking at my shot in the background, so this is taken from the Remarkable Cave, which is pretty much as south as you can go, almost on the Tasman Peninsula, further past Port Arthur. Um, but we could actually see the sun was setting and we could see the aurora going. So the sun had just set and we could see all the beams starting to kick off and the ribbon and stuff like that. So, But it, it, it went up, it went down, it went bright, it went dull. Uh, at one stage, there was a lady there and she thought that off to this side of the shot, she thought there was car light, high beam lights coming over the hill. And I said, that's just the beams. Like They were that prominent. It was, um, it was pretty incredible. We had a a nice little platform of about eight people when I got there, uh, which got, cool. bit, well, got bigger and bigger as the night went on. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Um, as far as my experience, I've um, never photographed one. So I, I was quite excited. Um, I don't know why I've never been out and done it. I, it sort of, it didn't really overly appeal to me much early days. And, and, and I guess a lot of people went out and did it. So I look forward to seeing the photos that would invariably pop up on yeah. social media the next morning. Yeah. And I, uh, we'd already put a line through recording the pod, so I thought, well, okay, I've got a chance here to sneak out and do this. And then yep. um, I got a phone call from my mate Wes, who I know is a watcher and listener. Wes from Lonnie Snaps over in Point Lonsdale, uh, at about ten o'clock, and he just said, "Are you out?" And I said, "No, but I'm thinking about it." And he said, "Stop thinking." 
get out. This, you, you don't want to miss this. Yeah. So, um, and he was right. So what I decided to do was try and get to somewhere, somewhere where no one else was. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of crowds when I'm trying to take photos. Uh, I don't like putting myself in that experience. I get too distracted and invariably get a lot of questions. So I... Um, Went to I think these steps behind. Well, you can't. You can just see the top of the steps in the bottom of the frame. The full image, which we might put up a bit later. Of we might I might put a few photos up as I'm talking here, Cam. That I sounds pretty. Get, that sounds pretty tricky. I don't know if I can do that, but if they're magically appearing right now, good luck to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I positioned myself <laughs> at the, the stairs at eleven W. Yeah. Um. So all the all the um. Could you see it from twelve W? You could see it from all the Ws. <laughs> But the reason I chose 11W was because that is one of the harder ones to get to yeah, sort okay. of furthest from the car and therefore you've got to walk a bit further in the uh, dark. So yeah, I thought, yeah. right, that's yeah. going to be, that'll be for me. So I snuck down yeah. there, lo and behold, not a soul there yeah. and got to work. And, and, you know, having had a fair bit of experience with long exposure photography, I was, and I teach it and yeah. I listened to, I listened to this guy in Hobart a lot and. <laughs> sort of read up a bit on it and yeah. you know, in, in the past and yeah I managed to manage to nail some shots of it so I was I was absolutely stoked so what I thought we might do Cam is talk through some of the settings and stuff because I know people we get bombarded with questions yep. about settings and stuff yeah um, which will overlap later on with our dear Cam question I believe as well okay, so well. yep so we're going to talk a, a bit about that a, now it's an Aurora themed episode it is. It's full Aurora themed episode because mm. why not? It's yeah, fresh in everyone's mind. That's right. Um, so personally speaking, my, the shot that you see behind me was shot on my trusty Canon 700D. <laughs> um, we love Canon here at the Down South Photo Show. That's, that's why they spots. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> not yeah. This episode is brought to you. No, it's not. No, um, Canon 700D with. My Sigma 10 to 20 f 3.5. Now I own two Sigma 10 to 20s, yeah. uh, both f 3.5 versions, one for Canon and one for Nikon. Yeah. So I took my uh, the Canon 700D down there, set it up on my heavy tripod. So I took my my big old awesome yeah. uh, Manfrotto 055 X Pro B, which is weighs more than me. Um, so I literally dragged it down to the beach and set that up. It was a little bit breezy here, so I wanted a, a, something, a good solid base to shoot from. So yeah. pro tip number one, good solid tripod, particularly if you've got a bit of wind around because yeah. you are going to be doing long exposures. Now, yeah, that's right. um, I immediately started playing around with exposures. In fact, what I did, I set the shot up, I pointed it where I thought was south. I looked for the Southern Cross, and if you can see, I'm gonna try and, there. Right yep. over my shoulder, that be the Southern Cross right there. Yeah. Um, so I pointed at Celestial South and hoped for the best because I couldn't really. It was hard to see because it was, it was dark, but I yep. could just make out the very faint glow of the aurora. Yeah. Okay. So this cool. is the thing, right? To the naked eye, no, it doesn't look like what you see behind us. No. Okay. And to the non-photographers who have uh, been commenting on Facebook and things like that, you know, one lady immediately commented and said, "Oh, can I see it tomorrow night?" And then I was very careful to say, well, you be able to just, you might be able to see it, but we could only just see this. Yeah. And the difference is the long exposure times yeah. with the SLR cameras that we're using and we expose the sensor to the light That's right. for a long period of time. And yeah. the, I was finding the best exposure time for me was 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, that worked really well uh, at, I tried it at, first of all, about ISO 400. That was okay. And then I went to ISO 800 and yeah. wrapped. Got yeah. what? 
you see behind me. So, yeah, cool. uh, and then just really started playing with different exposure times and different compositions. So, yeah. um, the stairs were awesome. I was, you know, doing photos further back, getting more stairs, more sky. Yeah. Obviously, the sky is where it was at, all that sort of stuff. But you'll also notice I've got the waves in front. Yeah, uh, the waves breaking. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you're looking at thirty seconds. Yeah. There. So, it would have been two or three sets of waves would have rolled through there in that yeah. time. So that's what's created that pretty. And is that um, thing. the lights on the horizon? Are they fishing vessels, oil rigs, yeah, ships at or sea? King, I, I'm going to I'm going to say no. It wouldn't be King Island. It's uh, yeah. I'm going to say shipping. Yeah, shipping because it's the shipping channels right there. So, that's right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, it was so cool. I was just and, and I got really excited because the very first shot I took. Wow, there it is! I yeah, can yeah. see that color, and it's, it's an amazing buzz. And I think I, I think I messaged you yeah, like you that did. I hadn't been yeah. that excited yeah. behind the lens for quite some time, thanks to COVID and all the bullshit that's been going on. But yeah. I, yeah. it was just, I was like, oh yeah, right. I can now. I get it. I can see what the buzz is about yeah, to yeah. capture, and that's why I res- like that, that's why I replied. Wait till you come down here because, like you said, I'm 500 kilometers north of you, um, and south, what, south. You're north of me. You're, That's right. Someone's north of someone. If you keep going, this if you keep if you keep going north, you'll end up coming to me anyway. True. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Anyway, um, because we're so much further south, um, again, we get the same question. People sort of say, "Oh, you know, can you see this? Uh, what, what's it look like? Does it does it look like this?" Now, I've seen auroras from the mainland very very long time ago, versus the ones down here in Tassie. And the one the shot you can see behind me. It looks like that, just without as much color. You can actually see the individual beams moving. You can see the rhythm, the rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. I can't even talk. You're the one drinking. I can't even talk. Um, the 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 green ribbon down me. below, head down the bottom. That moves. You can actually, once your eye adjusts, you can really, you can really see it moving. Um, yeah, I yeah. think that's what I found as well. The because I was literally on the edge of Ocean Grove Town. I had a fair yeah. bit of light pollution behind me. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, think if I could have got myself way down to like Cape Otway or something yeah. like that, that yeah. would have been a different story. But Yeah, um, Phillip Island's a good one. Wilson's Prom's a good one. Um, so my settings are mine. Um, again, I, I, I'm, I've shot a lot of auroras. So it's, I, I dial in a simple setting and it generally works most times. So I just go wide open. So this is at uh, F, what was this at? F2.8. Um, ISO, I usually start ISO about 1600 because I just want to get an image straight away to see what's there, like just to really make it bright. And then I was shooting, by the time I got everything set up after a few frames, I was shooting at f2.8, ISO 100, and about 10 seconds, it was bright. Yeah. Like it was real, this, yeah. this Aurora was really bright. And the main main ribbon down the bottom there, that was actually blowing out in some of the highlights of our shots. So. Um, I actually dialed it down. I think a couple of shots were even like four seconds and things like that. So, um, but yeah, well, it's a different experience when we're further south down here because um, we do get that ribbon and you can see the beams a lot more prominent. Um, and yeah, you know, we also on the back here we also have Milky Way. The core of the Milky Way came straight through the middle of this. And I've actually got a shot which we might show on the screen if we can organise ourselves. I've actually got a shot from this same spot with the sun setting in the bottom corner over here. And you got leftover orange and the green and the purple and everything like that. So it was a, it was a strong one, um, yeah. but yeah, it all depends. Like if they're big strong ones like that, you don't need uh, really long exposure times down here because you you really are almost under it. It's really, it's really quite bright. But yeah, um, so I was um, I was sort of as I say toying around with the exposure times and trying to work out what yeah. was best. And you're completely right. But when because it's a little weaker here in Victoria, I needed 
slightly higher ISOs to begin with, yeah. and then I was and then I was dialing. I was going higher ISOs and dialing back the shutter speed to yeah. try and get something sort of looking kind of correct. Yeah. Um, but I was shooting on a half frame camera, so oh, sorry, yeah, a half frame camera, a seven hundred D. So yeah. um, I was getting the dreaded noise issue because I had to shoot at the higher ISO. Yeah. Now the image you see behind me, I've I've reduced noise in Photoshop. Uh, that was pretty much the only. So when it came to editing these photos, it, for me, uh, it was just playing with the exposure slider a little bit. Um, yeah. I also, as I say, knocked back the color noise uh, and the overall noise as well. Yeah. And then it was just a matter uh, of probably a little bit of contrast, but did not touch saturation. Yeah. And this is the this is the thing where I think some people sort of. I don't know, they're a little bit miffed by it all. It's like, oh, well, you've just grabbed the saturation slider. Well, no, not in this case at all. No, like that's, no. That is as true to the colour yep. as I was getting out of the back of the camera yep. uh, with those 20 and 30 second exposure times. Yeah, exactly. And and the, co the contrast is what kicks in the colour. Um, the saturation slider does nothing. It's the contrast. And so I'm the same. I play around with the exposure of Tad. You know, the shadows you don't need to touch because it, it's black you don't need to worry about anyway contrast um and uh, i i added a little bit of noise reduction so i shot this on the olympus um so i added a little bit of noise uh, reduction through there but really out of camera this is almost what i was seeing out of camera it may be slightly darker but the color was all there and um, the contrast was all there um, again it's just it's just knowing you know the situation and like you said a lot of people um they sort of get a little bit miffed by how the color is picked up and why doesn't our eyes see that color? Well, the cameras are seeing, you know, some incredible, a lot better in the dark than what we do. They're, they're, and we're turning the sensitivity, we're cranking the sensitivity up of these sensors. So they're going to pick up even more color and contrast and, and detail than we are. So I think people get a little bit uh, miffed that, you know, that's not what they saw with their eyes, so it can't be real. Well, yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's 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 just one of those things where the camera picks it up a lot better than what the, the human it's, eye does. It's it's not like it's not there. It's, no, that's right. It is, it you know, is and there. It's, and if yeah, go ahead. I was going to say even with this one, I think from memory, I haven't got my light remember. I think I actually, I think I actually reduced the saturation light by minus five or ten or something like that because the ribbon was blowing out some of the bright areas. I was playing around with the highlights a little bit. Um, it was really intense color, so. Um, I know there's been an incredibly amount, incredible amount of engagement with one of my posts on my Facebook page from a, a person who sort of tried to call me out that I was making things up and creating yeah, things that weren't but, real. Uh, look, it's 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 disappointing that kind of stuff, and yeah. I know that I know nine times out of ten you wouldn't bite, but I don't blame you this time because. Yeah. That that dude went too far, man. Yeah. So, um, if you, if you yeah, go, we won't if, we won't name names on here, but nah. if you follow Cam on Facebook, you would have probably seen it. Yeah. So and it's pretty just, ordinary. Pretty I've, got, ordinary. I've got I've got no issue. Uh, no, I'm not, and, you know, for anyone that knows me, if someone says, "Oh, what's the raw image look like versus this?" I'm ha quite happy to share that because I don't, I do not edit much. I don't over edit. I don't over process. And this this person just decided they wanted to get abusive and say a few words and. You know, like I said, that's a one-way city to get blocked from seeing my work ever again. So they're gone. But um, it was just funny how you know, and it, you know, out of a bad thing comes a good thing because there was so much engagement, so many questions, and so much uh, you know, knowledge was shared through the rest of those posts about the auroras and what what they can look like and how to shoot them and and things like that. But um, they are an amazingly phenomenal um, thing Phenomena. to have. 
phenomena. They are, that's right. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal phenomena. But um, a little story about when I was where I was down here. I, was, I told you I was going to uh, tell yes, you a little story. Um, I so like this, Cam stories. Settle in, everyone. <laughs> settle in, grab a coffee, <laughs> grab a beer. Um, so this was down at the Remarkable Cave. And I'll give a shout out to Paul Broben. So I don't know if Paul, I don't know if Paul listens, but he should. But Paul's from the Gold Coast. He's a working photographer, old school photographer, works in media. He's actually in, employed by media as a photographer, which is rare as hen's teeth these days. So I rocked up to this little platform where this shot was taken. There was about six people there and six or seven people. And I, I'll be like you, Brands. I, I, I don't like to just ponk myself in the middle of a crowd. I just try and get my own little space and set up. So I set up, and as I said, I just took a few shots at the standard settings you know, ISO 1600, 2.8, 15 seconds, see what happens. And Paul, as I became to know Paul during the night, he came over, he goes, oh, hey, mate, how are you going? And, you know, what, what, what's it looking like and things like that. And and sometimes you go to places and you sort of expect Mr. Ed, uh, uh, Mr. Know-it-all, you know, Eddie the expert, to come over and tell you how to do your shots and stuff like that. You sometimes can run across a few of them. But he was just curious. He was from the Gold Coast. His daughter was there. Um, she was freezing her ass off. Um, yeah, she had about 1,600 layers on. Anyway, we got a few shots, and I actually went there with a purpose to go down this track and shoot down a, an inlet of this remarkable cave, which worked in the end, which we'll put the photo up maybe as well. And um, Paul and his daughter said, oh, do you mind if we come with you? I said, it's only five seconds down the road, so just walk down the, the track here and we'll get set up. So Paul's telling me about the work he's done. I'm telling him about the work I do. We're sort of trading war stories and all that kind of stuff, and... It was quite dark and we set up a few shots of this little inlet it was really good and his daughter was you know complaining about how cold it was and in the dark i, I could have swore this girl would have been 15 16 years old whatever so we started talking i said oh and, and what do you do and i went to say are you still at school or do you work you know just general chit chat and she goes no no i do this in gold coast but i'm actually a retired olympic athlete and i, I and i went you what? <laughs> she goes, yeah. She goes, I said, okay, hold the phone. Don't worry about the Aurora. What's all this? Olymp-? And she's a silver medalist in the 10-meter platform diving in the London Olympics. Um, Fantastic. Brittany, Brittany Broben. She, um, yeah. At I 16, remember the name. 16 years of age and won a silver medal at the Oops. London Olympics. So shout out to... Paul and Brittany, it was lovely to meet you guys down there. She was she was one of the darlings of the Olympics for our team in, yeah. in twenty twelve. I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. how about that? There you go. And and she's now twenty six, twenty seven. Doesn't look a day over sixteen. Um, so we went from talking about auroras and watching the show to just talking about this this incredible um, you know achievement this young lady had done. Sort of put everything that we'd done to shame, um, and sort of walked up the stairs, got a few shot, shots, and um, they were staying down. Tassie, they'd literally come down from the Gold Coast to try and capture an aurora, and uh, they hit the jackpot. Wow. They really Gee hit the whiz. jackpot. So, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, Paul and Brittany, um, lovely to meet you. Hopefully, they're tuning in. Um, but, yeah, it was really, it was just a really one of those crazy nights where you're there for one reason and you learn something completely different about a complete yeah. stranger. So. Well, um, for those listening, um, a natural progression here would be to talk about how we know when an aurora might happen, but we're going to save that for the Dear Cam segment a little later okay. on because we cool. have had a question about that. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later on. But um, just with regards to a, uh, a little bit more about settings and stuff about when you're shooting aurora, um, <laughs> I was talking to a mate of mine who, who shot it as well, and he was like, you wouldn't believe it. He goes, I'm, I'm there, I've got all the settings that I normally have, and for the life of me, nothing. I'm just not... I couldn't work it out. Like my everything was underexposed, and he said I was going through every menu, 
and then I realised I had my neutral density filter still screwed in the front. I, I, the was gonna, I was going to say, does he have a circular <laughs> polarizer or a, or his lens cap on? No, the ND. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and everyone, he's a pro photographer. Everyone does that kind of stuff. So yeah. we, we've we've banged on a lot on this podcast about gear and getting ready and, and, and you know, uh, what is it? The, the four Ps, prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. I think that's five Ps, whatever. That's All the Ps. P's. That's a lot of Ps. Lot of P's. <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever. And, you know, yeah. making sure, like, you get, I mean, I was so excited. I got down there. I was like, holy smokes, like, here's, a, here's an Aurora. And then... Um, Cameron, you've disappeared. Where have you I gone? have disappeared. I'm back. Oh! My, my battery and my webcam went flat. Look at that. Um, that that's I kind of like that. That's a pretty good rescue there. That was a good save. That was a good save. Yeah, no, I like it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, point point being that, you know, yeah, this is a guy that's been shooting, he's done auroras before. He's got some awesome lightning stuff as well. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, it, it took. You, you, I was excited and, you know, I was, I was sort of keeping it together to try, you know, make sure you got it right on the night sort yeah. of thing. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and even to the point where I had a photo shoot on Sunday and I've taken the first yeah. two dozen shots. Settings, just what I, set, I was settings, on. Settings. Yeah, I did that. That was that story I told in one of the episodes about yeah. climbing up Mount Ossa where oh, we've been shooting stars the night before. It's so yeah, easy. Well, it's, it's so easy to do. I hope this client likes noisy portraits because they got a few. That's um, like that's the, that's the film effect. It, of course, it was yeah. sixty. Yeah, I think at that point I was at sixty four hundred ISO. You'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so yeah. I know um, with the editing the raw file, you're not going to worry too much about white balance settings. No. Um, do, Although, do you go just I'll, auto auto white balance. So or I, do you I play sh- around with that. Well, this is the conversation that Paul and I had. This is what sort of started off our conversation on this platform. He said, oh, what are you shooting? Oh, he goes, I'm shooting at around about 5,600 Kelvin daylight sort of. I said, I just shoot in auto. I said, if you're shooting in raw and you're shooting in auto, then you're going to change anyway. I said, there's no way you're going to go back to your computer and there's no way it's going to be 5,600 right. So you're going to play around with it anyway. So, And this this is something that comes up a lot with workshops about doing Astro and Aurora stuff is – like I look at yours and your your shot to me looks a bit warmer and my shot looks a bit cooler. So some people like to have more of a warmer temperature with their Astro stuff. Some people like to have a cooler spot. I, I like to try and get my, my sky like a bluey, blacky, sort of dark outer space type of color. Other people go different, but I shoot I shoot on auto and then tweak where I need to. And generally it's... It's not bad. It's not far off the mark, but I'll, I'll generally tweak it more to the cooler side than the warmer side. Yeah, and I think that it's more for the benefit of people who aren't au fait with editing a raw file and mm. maybe want to get a, just a good JPEG straight out of camera. So yeah. generally, I'm the same. Auto is fine um, because yeah. I'm going to tweak. But for, for beginners out there uh, who want to know about white balance settings, auto for sure. Mm. And, and remember as well, when it comes to ISO settings as well, um, Particularly if you're running, as Cam says, uh, micro four thirds uh, OM system cameras, or if you're running uh, a half frame sensor like the 700Ds and your 850Ds and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, using the higher ISOs will generally generate that noise issue. Yeah. Um, and Photoshop now is so good at not necessarily eliminating noise. It it it's almost distorts the image a little bit. Um, yeah. And it does it well. Yeah. But there's still there's still it's still an issue. I, I actually quite I don't mind some of the I mean my you can see my photos still a wee bit noisy, which I don't yeah. mind. Um yeah. 
I think f- maybe it suits the, the star array or something. I'm not sure, but I, I didn't mind yeah. seeing a bit more noise. And the full frame of this shot, I've got the stairs leading down and it almost like the timber of the stairs sort of shows up a bit better with a bit yeah. of noise, if that sounds Well, I, I, I ended up putting one of my files through that uh, denoise AI or whatever it is. Um, Topaz. And I, Topaz, yeah. yeah. And I haven't used that much at all, but it actually did a really good job. And and you're right, sometimes when you denoise things, they, they get that sort of bit of a... a cartoony feel it's a bit like that b shot you showed me today they get yes. a bit of a, they get a bit of a feel like they've been over noise reduction or reduced yeah. and you get a bit of yeah. that cartoony feel where there's a fine balance and it's a fine balance with everything with editing um you know your contrast your saturation everything there's always a fine balance if you go too far it looks a bit out of whack and stuff so yeah. denoising de- yeah, de- is the same yeah i think a good rule of thumb is generally trying to produce a clean image so yeah. and noise is counterintuitive to a clean looking image so yeah. that's why it can be a bit, bit hit and miss and there are different programs and i can tell you now different just because you know you might have photoshop it's worth trying a different like noise ninja or one of the yeah. topaz programs yeah. or nick yeah. software and all that sort of stuff because believe it or not that an image that doesn't get cleaned up in photoshop might get cleaned up in one of those that's right. Uh, software products as well. Uh, it's sort of it's not necessarily one size fits all with no. noise reduction. Yeah, uh, and for right. those of you who don't know what noise even is, generally it's it's basically the, the pixels on your sensor um, giving off uh, a signal basically, and they interact with each other. So when you shoot a higher at higher ISOs, there's literally um, more power or more, um, more energy heat. going through more Gener- heat, everything going through your. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Going through your sensor and the pixels interact with each other. Um, yep. So it used to be known as the signal to noise ratio and then it's just got cut back to noise basically. Yeah. Um, grain is, it's, it's, people compare it to grain. It's not really the same thing as grain because that's an analog versus digital system. Yeah. But it, it looks like grain in your photos. So yeah. particularly think, you'll I, find I, it I, in the shadow areas. So you can yeah, see it in, right. the, in the ocean behind me. It's quite grainy in there, grainy, yeah. noisy in there. Yeah, so that, that's I, what noise is. Yeah, in some of my shots as well, especially the inlet shot I did, uh, there was actually, there was really a really cool, like big pebble rock beach in the bottom of it, which I was lucky enough to get a little bit of detailing. But if you get in there, you can see it's quite noisy because it's in that shadow bit. But um, yeah. yeah, noise is a hard one to get around. Um, you know, even with the big medium format Fuji I have had, um, it, it still had a bit of noise. Like you can't you can't avoid it. If you go up to higher ISOs, you, like I said, you, you're generating more power and more energy through that sensor. The pixels yep. are going the pixels are going to get a bit static and start talking to each other and create a bit yep. of noise. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think yep. um, so. It's, yeah. Ideally, uh, as a as a landscape photographer, 100 ISO is my friend. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get a cleaner looking image. But of course, when you're shooting auroras. You're not going to yep. shoot at 100 ISO. You're not going to get anything. So that's why um, you got to shoot at those. You have to shoot at those higher ISOs. And, yep. um, but just be careful. You push it too far, and you'll get it to a point where it can't be pulled back. So yeah. And again, that just goes back to that sweet spot. Like there's always a sweet spot with ISO, and it doesn't matter. Like every camera is different. Um, but there's always a sweet spot where you'll think, you know what? That's that's really good. It's picking up all the stars. It's picking up the details, of the aurora, and I'm not getting much noise. If you push it any further for that, yes, you might get more noise and more detail, uh, more stars and more detail, but you're going to introduce more noise. So it's sort of counterproductive in a way. So find a sweet spot on your camera, be happy with what it is, and then, like I said, Photoshop, Lightroom, uh, Topaz, whoever it might be, 
there's programs out there now that you can really just add another layer of denoise uh, on over the top, which will you know. And again, it comes back. What, what are you doing with your photos? If you're putting them on Instagram, like you can have the noisiest shot in hell, and you're not even going to notice it on Instagram. So again, it's depending on what you're going to do with your images. Um, you know, it would depend how much noise reduction you you add in there. Yeah, um, and, and getting back to gear as well. Um, seriously, you do not need a full frame camera. You don't need the latest Sony A7 Mark IV. You, like I say, my the, the Canon that I shot this thing on is ten years old, maybe yeah. older. I don't know. Yeah. It's eighteen megapixels, half frame sensor. It's fine, people. Yeah. Totally fine. So, the, Which, so the the question that everyone's asking now. Yes. In, their, in their car and in their home or sitting on the yes. lounge watching this video. I know everyone, where you're going with this. Everyone's asking this question. Why did you not shoot this on the iPhone 13 Pro? One very simple reason. I didn't have the freaking mount for it. And oh, I okay. wanted to. And I left the mount here. And I yeah. don't have one in the van. Oh. And I tried to do the little balance thing and all that sort of stuff. But I couldn't, I couldn't hold it um, steady enough for long enough. So... Uh, Next time, there's an Aurora, and we're going to tell you how to keep an eye on when Auroras are going to come. I'm going to do my phone because Cam shared with me a phone shot, phone shot of the Aurora that was done on a Samsung, I believe. It was a Samsung. Um, yeah, but that's obviously a lot better than an iPhone. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They, but they, yes, they there, there, was, there was an iPhone. Uh, uh, sorry, a Samsung shot of the Aurora. So, yes, it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, no, it can be, and, and like I said, there's, there's no reason to have all the latest and greatest gear to get these shots. No, shoot no. the best cameras, the one you've got on you. So that's right. Yeah. As I say, next time the Aurora Australis rears its beautiful head, I shall get down there with about 17 different cameras and try them all out. And Brendan also said off air that if you are out shooting the Auroras any time after midnight, feel free to call him personally on his mobile number to ask mm -hmm. for setting advice. He will answer mm -hmm. and direct you over oh, the phone. Course naturally yeah. absolutely naturally. i'll be i'll be on the blower i'll be down on the beach so yeah. um i actually uh ripped off uh, a local photographer lachlan manley's idea down here i did a self-portrait at the aurora as well which uh, i put up on the screen now you didn't do one of the ones standing looking at the stars did you it's my first aurora of course i'm going to do that this is my hundredth aurora and i've never done that cameron well, you haven't lived I, <laughs> Moving on. How's your beer going? What are you, what, what's the flavour of choice tonight? It's the virus beer. Uh, oh, corona beer. Got the little, nice. rolling out a little corona. As I say, don't judge I was going to say, um, is, is, there, is there a Sydney brewery, is there? <laughs> <laughs> hello to everyone in Sydney. Congratulations. Hello. Yes. Um, and I think, I don't think all, all the way through the podcast, look, the reason we started this podcast really was because of COVID. I mean, yeah, we, that's right. we wanted something to do when we're all locked down and all this crap and yeah. it seems to have sort of gathered a bit of speed and got its legs just wanted to give a shout out to everyone who's now unlocked yeah. uh, finally which um, is everyone is free it? yeah the whole country's unlocked it's yeah all, everyone's free um i haven't looked at case numbers for three weeks um what case numbers? I, I, I just I, I it's it feels like we've got through to the other side i know there's yeah. still a few speed bumps along the way but it feels feels great to be have a bit of freedom and hopefully uh, all the borders open soon and everyone can travel everywhere. Yeah. You can go to Uluru. Yeah, you know what? I, I want to go to Uluru this week because it's meant to be bucketing down rain up there and I want to get a shot with waterfalls on Uluru, but I can't because I'm going somewhere else. So that sort of sucks. It's, I think I think it's like the stats are pretty low. I think it's like one in a hundred visitors see water on the rock. Is yeah. That, it's or is not, it even less than that? I, th I think it's like like twice a year that it happens or something, three times yeah, a year. My, my dear old dad used to run bus 
like coach tours there. Oh yeah, and, um, right. And he he's seen rain on the rock a couple of times. Like he'd take school groups from Melbourne all the oh, way yeah. through the Red Centre, and uh, he used to send me not bad photos. But you know, <laughs> I don't know where I got my. I don't think it was from him. Sorry, Dad. yeah, sorry. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's not listening. That's Doesn't right. Um, so that so. If, uh, I don't know how many times we've said the word aurora, but I think we're, we're done with auroras for now. Hey, but, hey, um, here's a thought. Isn't there yes. aurora energy in Melbourne? What's that mean? A sponsor. We can get a sponsor. Aurora energy could sponsor oh. this podcast. Oh, okay. We, we can right, get well, free electricity. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, now, uh, I just want to rewind because all this, a lot has happened in the last week and a half. It has. Um, <clears throat> The night we recorded the last pod and there were storms and thunder and lightning, there were some awesome lightning photos generated. It was brilliant. Uh, we'll talk about lightning photography probably down the track. The next morning, um, Ocean Grove got hit by a pretty severe storm. And yes. um, we had trees down left, right and centre, trees across power lines. Um, could hardly get the kids to the school bus, let alone, and the school bus got diverted. Barwon Heads Road was closed. There was pine oh. trees, big old pine trees just strewn oh. across the road. They lost about a dozen of them. Right. Uh, so Barwon Heads Road was closed for two days. <clears throat> right. But we had no electricity for uh, 24 That's hours. Right. That's right. Your, your shop was closed, wasn't it? I couldn't run Ocean Grove camera and photo uh, for... 24 hours it was bizarre it was just like wow how much do we rely on electricity it's like I've just, just come out of lockdown and now I can't do anything yeah yeah have another punch in the guts uh, yeah. luckily the Torquay <laughs> store had uh, no power you, for half an hour and they got they all did, got back up and so running you, but, you, yeah. would, you would have run over there and run that store wouldn't you no I had staff Alright. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually did the right thing and went to a mate's place and yeah. jumped on his chainsaw and cut oh, wood idea. for a couple of hours. Which oh, was, there you go. Because he, he lost a couple of big gum trees in his yard which was uh, and he got right. really lucky. But this has got nothing to do with the podcast, so we shall move on. Um, second little topic I want to talk about before we get to the Deer Cam segment. Um, we're, we're tracking beautifully for time here. So there's a local... Um, Geelong-based magazine. Um, I'm not going to name them because you know we don't, that we, be, don't, we don't we don't name and shame on this this podcast. We don't do name we? and shame, but geez, this has piqued my interest, Cameron. If, if they do we it got, again, um, we yeah, we got a, a an email. Oh, sorry, a, a Facebook post. So I follow these guys on, on on Facebook, and I got a Facebook post from them, and it just said, "Calling all photographers, professional or otherwise, how would you like to take the cover photo for our upcoming magazine?" I'm thinking, okay, well, that sounds all right. I'll, I'll have a bit of a look through. And I started reading, and basically what they want is a free photograph because all you get is your photo on the cover. Yeah. That's it. You get no payment. You also have to hand over the uh, rights to that photo, and you have to... Um, yeah, you know, basically sign off to say that they can use the photo. Uh, they'll tell everyone on social media who took the photo. Yeah. But that's it. And the cynic in me straight away just went, obviously, you've got no budget for a photographer. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it. It was It was just but, like... But surely, surely the exposure is going to pay your rent and pay, yeah. put food on the table. Like that exposure, the people are going to be knocking down your door for photographs then. Oh, of course they are. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was... I don't know. And I've, and I've started... It's, there's, a, there's a bit of a... 
hate to use the word, there's a bit of an epidemic of it. There's, it just seems yeah. like these people think just because you get your photo covered, they clearly want a pro photographer's shot by yes. saying, or calling all photographers professional and otherwise, yes. yeah, whatever. They're going to yeah. pick, you know... The better shot. Chances are easy. it's going to be done by a pro photographer yep. who's got the ass out of his or her strides trying to bloody make a living. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, they just want to they just want to pick up these these images for free. And I yes. guarantee you that they're going to show off more photos inside the magazine. It's just going to promote their magazine That's and, right. and, and promote their advertisers without a brass razoo going back to old mate photographers. So, and, and the thing is, if you go to them and say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, why aren't you paying people? They'll just turn around and say, "Well, you don't have to. You know, that's not not, not for exactly. everyone. These are the terms exactly. and conditions." Yeah. Um, I, I've come yeah. across this quite a lot as well, and it and it does my nuts in as well. Where mm-hmm. they, they will, you know, they it all sounds lovely. It all sounds like it's all in the benefit, or at least a mutual benefit between the photographer and the publisher, or whatever it might be. But you read the fine print, and you literally get bent over a barrel uh, yeah. for, for your work. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of that has to go to things like social media because people, you know, these Aurora shots, the classic example, you know, there's now on social media probably a good couple of million shots of the Aurora from the other night. Uh, out of those two or three million shots that people put up, I can guarantee you at least 20% of those people will give that over for free to put on a magazine cover. So these publishers don't have to don't have to pay for anything. The value of your work, your value of the work's gone to shit, excuse my French, because... T- times have changed, haven't it's crazy. they? I mean, it's, it, it's basically, it's now yeah. swung the other way. It's like, yeah. okay, well, there's plenty of photographers, amateur or pros or whatever, yeah. who are happy to just hand over these, which is at the detriment of the industry because yeah. the people, as I say, that are professional photographers and rely on gigs like that, yep. you know, you know, a paid cover shot gig could be... What anything from five hundred bucks to two and a half grand, you know? Yeah, so, that's right. um, yeah, it was it was disappointing uh, to to see that they'd taken that approach and yeah. they'd clearly only done it to get a freebie. There's no question. And the yeah. little part of me was like, well, if you had just said, you know, we're we're broke, we we can't afford a cover photo. Can someone yeah. come up? You know, I would have almost given them one <laughs> if yeah. they had been more honest and just said. Yeah. Yeah, look, the, the you know the, the cost of, of keeping our magazine going is too much, um, we yeah. need, and we'll give you some exposure. That would have been fine, but just to hide it behind a competition with no prize. That's right. The, the, <laughs> no pr- the, prize. Pr- the prize is the front cover that you then don't get access to. And yeah. I've, I've had I've had a couple. I said a couple of quite a lot of those instances. I, the last one I had was down here in Tassie. Um, I was getting asked for some shots to use around the state, so pretty prominent spots around the state. And I, they were gonna, it was a paying job, but I quoted them and I quoted them, you know, I actually, I quoted them about $1,500 per image and they wanted about six of them. And they said, look, that, that's just way too expensive. We, we never pay that much for images anymore. I'm like, well, you don't get the images. Like, I, you've got to get to a point with your work where you turn around and say, well, that's what my, my work is worth that. If you don't pay it, you don't get it. If, if the image is so good that you need it to promote your magazine, or your tourism, or your you know your product, or whatever it might be, then you pay the dollars. And and I've got no problem now. And I think the universe works in a good way sometimes. Where I've got no problem now saying, yeah, that's what the price is. And no, you're not getting it for free. You're not getting it for a fraction of that. That's what my work is worth. And if you don't like it, no hard feelings. I hope you get a good yeah. photo. Yeah, you, and that's gotta, a, that's the way you've got to be now. And 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 I've been you know. All the way through my career, I always cringe when I tell someone a price, and I shouldn't do that. 
I should value my work. Like it's, right. they've come to me. So yeah. yeah, and that happens a lot where uh, it's uh, this much. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and nine times out of ten they say that's great. Thanks, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. And that, <laughs> that's know, a, so. that's the thing. Like you should never. But again, that's the way the industry's now been been you know created. Is that you know it's the same with wedding photographers. You know, you got the backyarders doing it for five hundred dollars. And, you know, you get, you know, down here, Tassie's a pretty small market. I do a few weddings and I'll get an email from someone saying, hey, I need you for the whole day. I want prints. I want an album. I want this. I want that. You know, 10 hours of your day. This is what I want. How much do you charge? By the way, I've already been quoted $500 from such and yeah. such. Okay, yeah. go get such and such. Oh, but aren't yeah. you going to quote as well? No, I'm not. No. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not spending, I'm not, I'm not worth $10 an hour or whatever it is. Like, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is the thing. You, you, if you're shooting a wedding for ten hours, you can multiply that by ten in the edit. Yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> exactly right. So I, I say to people that are listening there, and I, the other thing that's really important as well is, is it's a bit of a flip side to it as well. Some people who may not have any experience or, or you know may not be as as proficient as some other people shooting will go out there and charge the stupidest amount for their work. Like they'll go. I've never shot a wedding before, but it's ten thousand dollars for me to shoot your wedding. Like you've got to, if you know, if you're going to try and put a big price tag on your work, it's got to be worthy of the price tag. And I think you know, like going back to when I started, I, I shot a lot of weddings for free. I actually, you know, get my portfolio up. I, I've given a lot of photos away down here to wildlife and tourism and things like that to get my name out there. But at a certain point, you you got to say, well, my work is now worth this much, and go from there. But I, I hear your frustration and. I don't think you're alone. I'm sure we can get comments about, especially photo comps. Um, yeah, oh, they're, no, they're, they do my nut in. They're, they're, I don't they're notorious. Them. Yeah, I don't enter them. I, it's just because you sign your life away. You sign your image away when you yeah. enter them nine times out of ten. So yeah, and you're not going to win anyway. No. That's rigged. That's, just, <laughs> that, that's rigged. The, that's the attitude. Unless, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, moving right along to our world famous deer cam. Our, our, our world famous. What did I say? Our world famous. Dear no, you said world famous. I'm saying it's ours. Yeah, true. Dear Cam, I woke up this morning to see on my Facebook feed all these great shots of the aurora at my local coastline. How do you know when it's likely to happen? Is there a weather site or something you can look up? Obviously, by the amount of photos I've seen, a lot of people were out and about waiting for it. How did they know? Cheers, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. I know who you are. You're a good listener. You've been with us for a while. Hi, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny is one of the originals, I think. Original listeners. Um, so I, I went through a stage like down here in Tassie because we obviously get a really good display of auroras. You know, you, you do aurora hunting. And, uh, years, you know, four or five, six years, six years ago, you know, it was a really peak season for auroras. So they it does come in ebbs and flows, like depending on what's going on with the sun flares and the direction and which way the earth's spinning and all that kind of jazz. Um, it can get you know quite uh, frequently frequent, or it can be not as frequent depending on what's happening. But four or five years ago, it was pretty big, and I was out a lot of nights of the week. You know, it was almost guaranteed at least three or four times a week you'd have an aurora. Um, but then it started getting really hard where it started dropping off. There was warnings going off on, on such apps, which we'll touch on. Um, and then you know you go out there and there's nothing there. So what I do now, the easiest way for me to find out if an aurora is going on is actually what Jenny said. I, I look on Facebook. Because a lot of people will do back of camera shots and say, "Hey, it's going off now. The fo the aurora is really taking off in colour or intensity." 
and that's when I'll, I'll get the, the gear and head out in the car. But in the, in the lead up to that, uh, there's a few things you can do. There is Aurora apps. Um, there's one called the Aurora Forecast, I think it is. I'll have a look now while we're here. Um, there's Aurora Forecast. Uh, if you type in Aurora app in the app, app store, there's a whole heap of them. And um, you've got to be careful when you look at them because sometimes the time zones are set to uh, universal time and sometimes they're set to the Northern Hemisphere. So generally, if there's something going on in the Northern Hemisphere, there's also something going on on the Southern Hemisphere with the poles. I was just literally going to say that, that um, mm. lo and behold, last week, the Northern Lights were running hot. Running hot. So, so you can use apps. Um, in regards to... I've got a bit of a theory down here in Tassie, which everyone laughs at me, but I've noticed that when we have the bigger auroras, we actually have a different type of wind pattern down here as well. I, I've found, it's, it's, I've, I've tested it out about a dozen times now. We always seem to have like a northerly sort of northeasterly sort of wind, and it's like a real sort of heavy wind. It's not like a blowing a gale, but it just, just feels like a real balmy sort of wind for Tassie. And that generally sets them off pretty high as well. But I think the easiest way for Jenny is to join a few of the Facebook groups, the Aurora Chasing groups and Nighttime and Starscapes and Aurora groups. There's, there's a few of them. Um, and join those groups and, and make sure you turn notifications on so you get notified when something's going off. Um, the, weather, the weather apps, there's a lot of scientific apps. You can look at NASA. Uh, you can look at all these different sort of apps. But unless you understand all the, the readings and the KP readings and the the wind directions and the, the whatever it is, the sun flares and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a gentleman down here by the name of Kev. Uh, Kev's a good old friend of mine. He's Mr. Aurora. He knows he's actually on Norfolk Island at the moment and he sent messages out to everyone here in Tassie the other night saying you might want to get out because he saw a big spike on what readings he looks at. So, yeah, Jenny, I join a few Facebook groups, um, get some of those apps down and, um, yeah, just keep an eye on Facebook and uh, be ready to go. Uh, obviously, depending on where you live, that is a big factor as well. You need clear skies, preferably no moon, so there's not as much brightness, and get as far south as you can uh, from where you are. But um, they are very hit and miss. Uh, be prepared. And this is the other thing as well. Like Some people think, oh, what's happening behind us? Is that just like a, a two-minute thing, or does it go for five minutes? Uh, this one went for about eight hours, so they can go all night. So, Jenny, if you're going to go out and chase auroras, take some, take a flask of something warm and some snacks, uh, a head torch and a seat because you might be there for a while. Yeah, absolutely. All very, very good advice. And um, what I was going to suggest was next time that, that we get word, follow the Down South Photo Show on yep. social media. We will post it right here for you, Jenny. So we'll help yep. you there as well. One great little uh, Facebook page that worked for me was Victorian Storm Chasers. They, yes, um, they are great. They are excellent. And they quite yeah. often will put up uh, warnings of lightning, storms, yes. anything that's going to be awesome to photograph. Yes. Um, they encourage you to do so safely, of yeah, course. they do. Um, yeah, no, they're very, very good at that, and they'll show you modelling and tracking of storms and, and auroras. So the the one if, I, the, the sorry, I was just yeah, the, yeah. One, the the one, the app I was using the other night is called My Aurora Forecast, and that actually gives you a warning on your phone saying that the KP index, which is one of the indicators to say that it's going to be a strong aurora, it'll tell you where based on your location the KP reading is X, Y, or Z. You might be able to see the aurora from your location. So. That was going off the other night. That's the first time that's gone off in probably a couple of years, that app. So, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And fun fact, named after uh, ex-English cricketer Kevin Peterson. So, uh, wasn't it? No. No, he was a bit of an... He was more than an aurora. He was a phenomenon, <laughs> He was definitely <laughs> some kind of phenomenon there. Yeah. Uh, if you have a dear cam question by all means shoot yeah. us a message on wherever you can find us if you go to facebook and type in the down south photo show you'll find us there if you go to instagram and you put in the down south photo show you'll find us there youtube etc so you can leave a comment below if you've got a dear cam question and we want dear cam questions about anything to do with landscape photography it can be gear related it can be i'm glad you clarified you know, that <laughs> yeah yeah it can be about anything, anything. <laughs> yeah, landscape photography related yeah, yeah, um, I did want to talk tonight about a bit of gear but we're going to hold that over for next episode which may even be later this week so we might do a double barrel this week to make up for well we, when tomorrow. are we, we going to release this one normally or are we going to hold on to no, this no no this this will this should go live what day is it Cameron today's we Monday are, this, should, Monday. This, should, this will go live Wednesday and then we'll probably have another one go live on the weekend so um, wow. why That's not great. It's crazy. Episode yeah. 21 will be next. Yeah. Uh, the gear talk I wanted to touch on, which we'll talk about next week, is DJI have got themselves a new toy. The yeah. Mavic 3 has been announced, and it is sensational. Is uh, it really? They have... Oh, Cameron. I'm not convinced. It has the same sensor as your Olympus yep. AM1 Mark III in it. Yep. Oh, baby. That's very, very nice. I know you're not a drone fan. And that's fine. I, don't, I don't mind drones, but uh... we won't drone on about it. We'll say keep your powder dry for. If for you would like episode. to stop Brendan saying these bad dad jokes, send that's donations right. yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could start. No, anyway, well, no, I, I, go, I don't. A, go, a GoFundMe page. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's the podcast, Cam. What have you got coming up for the coming week? How long before you go rafting? Uh, five days. Right. I, dis- so I disappear. I disappear on Saturday. You, you <laughs> so, disappeared half an hour ago off this screen. So. I did disappear. I was just pre- preparing the, the viewers for what it looks like without me. Um, like someone snapped their fingers. No, I. Uh, we. I wonder if have I a, could do the podcast solo. Oh, that'd be awful. We we have had a few people put their hand up. Have we? we well, absolutely. I, yeah, I, who does the auditioning? Me or you? It's got to be me, surely. Don't, no, don't throw me under the bus, man. I oh, tell yeah. you, I, I want, someone, a, I want guy, someone who can give me a bit of feedback if guy, I'm talking a guy, to a brick wall. There's a guy on the west coast of Tassie who's put his hand up just recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, bring it on. Um, yeah, we go, we got a, a, a pre-trip meeting uh, 2 o'clock this Friday, and then we head off on the river on Saturday, and where we're going is expecting snow on Sunday. So Brilliant. You, Yippee Kaye! I'm wait. looking forward to seeing some awesome photos. So yeah. we we which river are we on the Franklin? Or? We're going down the Franklin. We are rafting Fantastic. for eight days down the Franklin. I have a group of we had a group of eight, seven people, but four of them had to pull out because of good old COVID and borders. So we've joined forces with another uh, another tour that was in the same boat, so to speak. Um, yeah. With uh, so it's going to be an all Tasmanian tour uh, with a boat of photographers and another couple of boats of general punters. Uh, we're looking forward to it. I've just been speaking to, to guests tonight. They're super excited. We've got our pelican cases that we're getting ready to put our gear in and uh, getting all prepared for that. So yeah, I'll be gone pretty much Saturday to, to this following Sunday. So very cool. Very mm. well. As I say, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing the photos and a wee bit jealous. That's going to be a great trip. Yeah. 
Um, just a little bit about what we're doing at Camera and Photo. Workshops are back. Bookings are flying in. So the entry-level DSLR workshop, which is hands down my most popular in-store workshop, um, I've got one spot left for the Ocean Grove workshop. I've got three spots left for my Torquay workshop. So cool. that's been a great response. I knew there would be after mm-hmm. two years not being able to run them. So yeah, yeah. Um, by the time this goes out, there may not be any spots left. However, if you hit my website, cameraandphoto.com.au, go to the workshops page and you can see if any availability if you want to join in with one of those. Um, I does that, would does also, that mean that, yes. um, so does that, that mean that people have been sitting around for two years not knowing how to use their cameras? Absolutely, and we're going to set them straight, mate. We're going to get them on the on the straight, straight narrow. narrow. Um, <laughs> I also am now forward planning for January 2022 for entry level, uh, intermediate, and landscapes and seascapes. But mm. I, I knew I had a lot of people knocking on my door about the entry level one, so that's why we're running those first. Yeah. Uh, if I can squeeze in an intermediate workshop before Christmas, I will. December is crazy town for me so um we we should being in retail so we shall see yep we'll see you in january (laughs) i think we'll be lucky to get a podcast out in december but we'll we'll give it a nudge maybe i'll solo i'll get a i'll get a guest host i'll get a guest host right maybe we should do that we should just do one each I've got this guy on the west coast of Tassie. Who I can <laughs> to. You might like yeah, that, that that could be a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all good, Cam. All good, mate. Thank you again. Thank Lovely you. To see you. No, thank you for everyone. your company. Yes, thanks everyone for tuning into episode twenty of the Down South Photo Show. We shall see you possibly in only a couple of days' time for episode twenty-one. See you guys. Giddy up. Ciao. Giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about horses. I can.